0: Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. During the course of doing this podcast, I often hear people talk about finding purpose after leaving the military and why that's such a big challenge for so many transitioning service members. If that resonates with you, this episode with Jordan Isham is definitely worth a listen. Jordan Isham is the co-founder of My Tennessee Home Solution, a veteran owned and operated company that buys houses for cash. The company was founded with two other veterans with the goal of giving back to the community and hiring transitioning service members in the Tennessee area. Jordan is a West Point graduate and currently serves as an infantry officer in the Army. When he made the decision to transition out of the Army, Jordan knew he wanted to grow a business that allowed him to use his wealth and resources to give back to communities around the world. His side hustle of flipping homes has grown into My Tennessee Home Solution, a company that is on track to earn more than $3 million in revenue this year. Having led the acquisition of over 100 properties with My Tennessee Home Solution, a $3 million hotel in Chattanooga, and many personal properties, Jordan plans to grow the business by continuing to invest in commercial real estate. During our discussion, Jordan shares his advice for growing a side hustle into a profitable business and his plans to expand his business and use the wealth he generates to serve as a force for good in the world. If you have any questions about this interview or topics for future podcasts, I'd love to hear from you please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Hey Jordan, how are you?
1: Hey Megan, how are you? I'm doing well, thank you.
0: Good, so I've had a lot of business owners on the podcast lately, which is really just a coincidence, but I love it because times are tough and I think a lot of people are looking for a side hustle or a way to be their own boss. So I'm excited to have guests on that can share You know what they've done for themselves to be able to give them that nudge that our listeners might need if they're considering going that route so i'm very interested to hear more about your business and your background so can you just introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about yourself so your education military background and anything that you would like to share
1: yeah totally i'd love to so i'm from a small town in vermont and My intro to Vermont is always the same because a lot of people in the military are like, you know, you're the first person I met from Vermont. So I would say, hey, there's three things that Vermont is known for. And I claim fame to all three of them. And that's Ben and Jerry's ice cream, maple syrup, and Bernie Sanders. And so for us, (laughs) uh, my extended family has a farm in Vermont. We make maple syrup on that farm. And then Ben from Ben and Jerry's was, was the neighbor in the backwoods and then Bernie Sanders nominated me to West Point. So those are the three things, and, and that's Vermont in a nutshell, and I love <laughs> all those three things, and, and yeah, that's that's where I'm from. But, so, yeah, I mean, growing up, uh, I was a first-generation college, so I was, like, set on going to West Point. It was going to help help me pay for school, but then also just was a great, like, mission opportunity for me to have a, have a greater purpose in life. So um, I actually, when I was in high school, I enlisted in – the, the National Guard because I was so set on going to West Point. I was worried about whether I would get a nomination due to like decent grades and just wanted to bolster my application. So I, I enlisted when I was 17 and went to basic training the summer between my junior and senior year of high school, which was probably the best thing that could have happened to me as far as like maturity and clarity on life because I was a bit of a class clown, a little bit all over the place and came back from basic training and everyone was like holy crap you are you are so different you're so serious and stoic and and like clear on what you're doing and um so i was definitely thankful for that experience um i applied to west point it was kind of a crazy story i i went through the whole application process this was senior year of high school since i had enlisted i didn't i didn't need a uh not a senator nomination but because I had the commander's endorsement, being prior service, and so, I I used that commander's endorsement, went through the process. I, I was under the impression from admissions that my application was very strong and I was good to go. So I actually like withdrew all my other college applications and <laughs> it was like all in at West Point. Um, so it was like February, March, and April timeframe where you know you you start to like get ready for you know the summer and then college and I still hadn't heard back I hadn't gotten my acceptance letter I remember coming home every day after school and like checking the mail so, okay, <laughs> it's gonna be coming soon and eventually it was it was like yeah I think it was March and I uh I was so frustrated checked the mail that day wasn't there um and, and here I was like about to be my high school graduation speaker and didn't even, you know, know where, what I was doing for college or where I was going. I was telling everyone West Point because that's what I thought. But um, <laughs> I ended up getting home that day and calling, finally calling the admissions officer. I was like, "Hey, what the heck? What's the deal?" And he said, "Oh, we, we should have sent you something. We didn't tell you. It. We didn't have a slot for you. Uh, there were some other strong applications, and you know, we're really sorry." And I just, I remember saying like, "Hey, sir, I just thank you." Before I say anything disrespectful, I'm just gonna hang up. And so hung up the phone. I don't know why. I think it was partially out of like embarrassment or shame. I just instantly started like Googling right then and there um, <laughs> where I was going to go. So I, where I was going to go to college. And so the farthest place I could possibly look was the University of Hawaii. And so ended up instantly that like that same day applying to the University of Hawaii. It was a last minute admissions. They were able to like get me into their admissions process through the National Guard. I was able to help with tuition and stuff like that. But uh, I went. <laughs> I went that next year then to University of Hawaii. I instantly started my application at West Point. I was like, I don't care how many times it get it takes me to get in. I'm going to get into West Point. And so I just got really good grades freshman year there. this time got the nomination from Bernie Sanders uh, again from Vermont, and then got accepted that second time and obviously haven't looked back since like West Point was just an incredible experience for me, kind of opened my eyes to the world and I mean, just the kind of opportunities and experiences I had there were were like just such a crucible catalyst for my life. I think, one, the breadth of education, being surrounded by, you know, a community of high achievers. Then I was able to do a lot of stuff there. Uh, I was on the boxing team. That was a great group of people and pushed me in a lot of ways. And then just the summer experiences, I, I, I actually had an entrepreneurial, like, theme and spirit through my life. Um, and, and it continued at West Point. My little brother has Down syndrome. So... I had started a an organization where, uh, you know, individuals and families with special needs in the community could come together on Sundays and we'd play sports together and hang out, and so that was fun. And then, through my through my summer travels, at one point I went to Cambodia and was first time going to the developing world. And you know, I came back super inspired, and so I started a five hundred one c three nonprofit and started going back subsequent summers to bring technology to. Some of their school systems there. We published a children's book to raise money, and so that was a, a a lot of fun. But all that to say is, yeah, I mean, for me, West Point was a big part of like, like serving as a catalyst for my my energy and spirit and the way I wanted to live my life. There's, I mean, for me, my faith as a Christian is a big part about what I do, and so I'm always just trying to think about how I can, you know, maximize my strengths to. To impact the world love others through first intimacy with god but then to to build his kingdom and that's really what i'm trying to do and in west point just surrounded me with such an awesome group of people to inspire me in a lot of ways so Mm -hmm. that that was that and then and then then obviously now to like military service i i had had some experience enlisting i think i still was like oh i'm gonna be i'm gonna go the distance in the army 20-year career for sure i love this um and so I branched uh I branched infantry which for me was was more of like a mindset thing I just wanted to do the hardest toughest most challenging thing from what I saw and that was infantry and going to ranger school and doing all that so I branched infantry I I got my first choice of my duty station which was Fort Campbell 101st Airborne Division and um I yeah so I went to ranger school I bull, like the whole the whole you know the whole deal I was a I was a platoon leader in the Iron Renaissance and then the mortar platoon leader, and then I trained up to do the best Ranger competition, and then uh, now I'm starting to transition out. Uh, just submitted like my, my ride packet to complete the, you know, the like out-processing um, process there, and and so I have about eight months left in the Army, and and meanwhile I've been, you know, working on building this real estate investing side hustle turned into a business, and and so yeah, now now here I am.
0: It sounds like you really really like to challenge yourself.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. That that is I think a theme and and for me even like even like the boxing team for example, I always was like small and scrawny in high school and even though I played, you know, varsity football and all that, it was just maybe an insecurity of mine. So for me, what is the toughest hardest thing I could do while it's boxing? And so <laughs> I I would always try to put myself in the situation, you know, where where it was basically conquering a weakness and it was the same for swimming i was never a great swimmer and so i was like set on going to combat dive school at west point i never actually went but i did do the whole train up and eventually had to decide between that and boxing i wanted to stick with the team but mm-hmm. it's just kind of another example of of me maybe irrationally trying to conquer my my weaknesses
0: Yeah. um did you have any like close family members or anybody that you looked up to that was in the military
1: I actually didn't. I I mean, I, I, my family was awesome and my parents were just like incredible people, hardworking and taught me the values. I think that allowed me to be successful up, up to the point of today. And and on the military side though, I never, I didn't really have any family members. My, my grandpa had had his obligatory service years and then um, my uncle was, was involved in the, in the military as well for a little bit. But other than that, I was I think I was really attracted to West Point because uh, of the financial reasons, but then also just the idea that after I graduated college, I would have a, a greater purpose than just like trying to make money and and survive. And so that's what attracted me originally.
0: Mm-hmm. But that is a what I guess I would assume that that could be an uncommon thing. I mean, at such a young age to have the desire to go to a school like that, because obviously you know that's going to be a challenging school. It's not um, going to be like a piece of cake. Everyone knows West Point is very hard to get into challenging while you're there. So I'm just interested from a young age that, you know, you wanted to do to do that unless there was pressure from maybe like a family member who had gone or anything like that. So that's really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I I was thankful. I, I, I'm not sure the bug that that, initiated my interest in the West Point but I do know when I was a junior and walking around with with my mom, we did one of those visits. Um, I was just so inspired by the history and just felt the you know, the like the patriotism on like just bleeding from the walls, and that was just super inspiring for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Okay, so you mentioned the side hustle that became what it is today, which is real estate investment. So how did you become interested in that?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I like I said, I, I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. And so whether it was, you know, July fourth, ten year old Jordan selling lemonade uh for a couple bucks a glass or um starting the nonprofit um in Cambodia and then then by the time I got to Ibullock and and was, you know, training past for Ranger School and all that, I was like building kitchen tables on weekends. I would just Wood built kitchen tables. I remember starting to hire some buddies because the demand was so high, and I was in my back, my back lawn, just building tables on weekends. And then, and then, so yeah, once I was full time in the army and, and obviously active duty and and um, a platoon leader in a unit, I think I'd already had some original or initial experience in the real estate space. I'd bought in a house with a VA loan. I had uh, bought in a condo in in West Nashville with a buddy that we rented out as an Airbnb. So. I I overcame the initial fear of hey what is this putting money into a tangible asset it's kind of scary where does it go how do I get it back and that those initial fears were gone and then um, and then we we went to the Mexican border the Southwest border mission for a year and had had a lot of free time because we weren't able to see family COVID hit and we were all in hotel rooms and so for me it was really the only way to sustain that entrepreneurial fire of mine and and still like be in compliance with a my mission in the army and commitment to to that job and and those individuals and the organization but then also to be able to you know um, apply energy and interest and come alive in in other hobbies for me that was that was real estate and so it started off just as a side hustle of of doing an occasional flip for Airbnb investment and then eventually through opportunities and alignment of team members and and things like that, we were able, obviously able to grow into the business it is now.
0: Mm-hmm. So, since it started as a side hustle, did you ever intend to keep it that way? Like, did you have other career paths in mind, or did you? And then it kind of accidentally evolved into this, or was it something that you would say started as a side hustle? You loved it, and then you actively worked at growing it.
1: Yeah, it definitely started as a side hustle. I didn't have Clear intentions when I started regarding where it was going to, where it was going to go, or what it was going to become. Um, and and I would say still even technically it's a side hustle because I I spend way more time on a weekly or monthly basis devoted to the army than I do the business. But I think we have really cool systems and 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 um, I guess SOPs standard operating procedures in place that allow us to to be super efficient with that. But we, when we started, it was just again, like single family flips and wholesaling and, and just growing, joined a couple of masterminds, talked to more mentors. We had a good foundation. We had a good system that worked. We didn't debt finance. Uh, we reinvested profits into like the growth of our systems. And then, um, you know, and then we just like kept finding opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So has anything surprised you since you started the business?
1: Yeah, I would say the biggest thing is this concept of the flywheel that Jim Collins describes in the book, Good to Great. And it's basically like, hey, there's this big steel disc and it's 500, 500 pounds or whatever, 50,000 pounds. And you and you got to start turning the, the disc, the flywheel, and it's really, really hard. And then, you know, you, you go in the right direction with the right people. And you can finally get that first turnaround, and then and then all of a sudden you know you get the second turn and it's taking a ton of effort and time, and then uh, eventually, compounding interest leads to momentum and, and the disc is spinning you know ten thousand times a second twenty thousand times it goes faster and faster. So I think I think that like in, in that example right and what he describes is there's no single there's no single push, that uh, started the spy, the flywheel spinning. Um, with momentum instead it was just consistent slow effort over time and I think I thought the business world was the Hollywood version where you have a great idea and everyone's about it and then people just come opportunities come and it's funded and gets traction and visibility and takes off and I think it's that I now see it's it's not like that at all it's it's definitely an emotional roller coaster of ebbs and flows and and it's really about sticking to a vision with a group of people who believe in that and in making small consistent effort every day you know with the right lead measures in place to to climb towards that vision and and so that's the that's what it was for me is like it's just not an overnight it's not an overnight success story um the business world and entrepreneurship it's just about small consistent effort and it's not not glamorous at all
0: mm-hmm. which is funny because when you were talking about um you know, kind of the evolution of how you got started with the side hustle and, you know, what you did to get to where you are now. I feel like the way that you sort of rattled it all off, if I were listening, I'd be like, well, wow, that sounded really easy for him. <laughs> but obviously, there was a lot going on behind the scenes and different challenges that you had, um, things that you faced. So I like that you gave that comparison and, you know, talked about that um, reference because I do think that that puts it into perspective. It's not going to be easy for anybody. You just have to be willing to take the risk.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, there's so much. It's that, you know, it's that iceberg analogy where you, you see the tip of the iceberg above the surface, but then all the work, you know, that goes in behind the scenes when no one's looking and, and that's that's mm-hmm. really the foundation of it all.
0: Yeah, definitely. So I I do want to hear more about my Tennessee home solution because I know we've talked multiple times about real estate investment, but specifically, I know that this is your company. So can you tell us a little bit more about this? Um, and we'll just start with how long have you been in business?
1: Yeah. So our business, uh, my Tennessee Home Solutions specifically has only been in business for about 18 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, my real estate experience dates to 2019. So really only three years actually. But from there, like I had different partners or friends just kind of dabbling again as the side hustle, doing a flip here or there or an investment here or there. And then eventually um our current team came together in uh early last year so early 2021 around february we had and so i I have two business partners and then we have a total of seven employees in the company uh sorry well seven seven people in the company two of which are my business partners and then of those seven four of us are active duty transitioning out and the other three are are like full-time boots on the ground so um that's that's kind of like where we're at right now, and when we started, and and um, yeah, it's it's been a great great experience with this group of people, and I think uh, we're gonna keep growing over the coming years for sure.
0: Awesome. So okay, so why don't you just if if none of our listeners have heard about it, just give us an overview of what you do.
1: Yeah, totally. So we we specialize and focus in off market acquisition of single family homes, and so we're able, especially now with inventory being so low find distressed distress houses, especially when they're sellers that are in u- unique s- situations where they can't sell on the market, like foreclosure or tax delinquents. And we're able to connect with them, uh, basically find a price for them that works in order, in order for them to still make money off their home, sell it, move on, whether they're moving or downsizing or upsizing or whatever it might be. And then, and then from there, we, we renovate and flip flip the house or we work with a partner investor and flip it with them and so that's one one arm. And then the second arm is where we're heading towards, and that's the commercial real estate space. And so for example, this 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 February, we just bought a 32 unit uh, hotel in Chattanooga that uh, that we we ran as a syndication, basically raised one million, bought it for three million, renovating it with about six hundred to eight hundred thousand, and then and then going to stabilize it as a as a boutique hotel in the area. And so that's that's really where we're going, but just the building blocks of of progression in the real estate space, and what you, you know, what a lot of people will hear on bigger pockets is starting in the single family space, you know, buy and hold rentals and flipping and wholesaling, and then generating capital, learning learning the business process, the systems, and and really learning like the strategies and tactics that are necessary to be successful in order to continue to elevate, and and for us that that leads to commercial real estate.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you seem like a very purpose-driven person. Did you have kind of like an overarching mission when you started the company, and if so, how has that evolved over time?
1: Yeah, no, that's that's a great question. It's something I, I I still like to think about because, for me, I think real estate and the side hustle specifically started as as a way to generate really human capital, and then and then and then wealth. Because for me, it's like I'm always I'm always really super, uh, like future oriented and optimistic about what is possible in the future. And so for me, when I backwards plan, all right, this is where I want to be in 10 years. A lot of times it requires you know more income or 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 more resources to be able to fund and fuel and align and execute these these visions with. Uh, and it requires more than just like the army income provides, for example. So a lot of the purpose was about, hey, real estate income can serve as a fuel for me to be able to impact the world with these different projects and ideas I have in mind. And and I think that's still a large part of it. I mean, the other piece for all of us is just the human capital that comes with running a business, being able to come together with a team of people. And um, again, looking towards the vision, get get results slowly over time is it is a skill that's invaluable for anything in life. And so that's a big part of it. So really, when we started that, all that to say is our goal was, hey, let's let's come together, let's let's find value in real estate that others don't see. And then that gap is the income we can produce in order to build financial freedom for our team. So the original mission and goal was financial freedom for um, the team of us that, w- that was involved. And the assumption that we're making is, hey, with financial freedom, or in our case, what, what I really like to call like freedom of time, aka like leaving the army and not having to necessarily go run to a job and wonder how I'm gonna pay the bills and you know where I'm gonna work. Instead, I, I can have the luxury to hopefully be able to sit back and think about what are my strengths, where, I can, where can I best come alive and how can I use my time to maximize my impact and, and my ability to love other people in this world. And so that's really what it was for us is real estate income being a source of fuel to, to be able to fund like, the good that we wanna do in the world. And, and then over time it's developed uh, for sure. But that was, I think, the original impetus there.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so then what about specifically looking at this year? I think you mentioned that you get out of the military this year. So do you have any goals for your business and what you think that you might want to focus on once you have a little bit more time to dedicate to it?
1: Yeah, totally. Like I mentioned, we're we're starting to uh, conduct more investments in the commercial space. And so that's where I think we're heading in a large part, as well as just refining and optimizing. The single family space and still like i said the four out of seven of us that are full-time active duty still that are eventually transitioning out like there's only so much we can do unless we keep hiring people but that also becomes overwhelming with systems and and communication so really just trying to ref- for us this year is about trying to refine and optimize our single family business and while at the same time continuing to grow our commercial investments and there's a few metrics we use um to like as lag measures or basically results that Will define our success, and one of them is, is called PPP. For us, that's productivity per person, and it's basically like the net profit of our company divided by the number of employees. And so what what that is is basically like for us right now, it's about 150 to 200,000, and that means for each person in the company, we generate about 200,000 dollars of of net profit. And so we're trying to increase that this year to 300,000, and and that's a metric to you that we like to use because. Everybody feels tied to producing revenue for the company. Everyone feels tied to their ability to affect that number because it's consistent. There's not like different people like the CEO has a different different metric or a different assessment than anybody else or it's all the same for all of us because it's just number of employees. And then on top of that, just increasing our number of of doors in the commercial space. So we're at 32 right now. We aim to be at 100 doors by the end of the year. Um, And then just another fun goal is like celebrating we we're doing it we usually do a quarterly retreat as a company and and this year we'll in December be celebrating our success of the year um, in Saint Thomas um, at at our company retreat and so that's going to be something to look forward to for us.
0: Wow, that sounds amazing. Well, for a side hustle, it sounds like you guys really have this all figured out. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Well, we're trying. We're all really mainly excited to be full time in person together. We. Our, our, three, our three guys uh, boots on the ground. We have an office in Nashville and they bear a lot of the brunt of our of our energy and excitement sometimes. So we're always trying to temper that and and uh, just do the most with what we have right now.
0: Yeah, so what about if you have to look back over the past couple of years that you've been in business um, or even before My Tennessee Home Solutions? so just your journey as a real estate investor, can you share what your proudest moment has been?
1: yeah um well there's a lot I, I, getting into west point was definitely one of them getting married my wife is just the best thing that's ever happened to me and an incredible human being beautiful inside and out so that's definitely my proudest accomplishment but then also on the real estate side um i think like even i was growing this business and um just like having people now like reach out to it like reach out to me and send me emails that they want to work for me with incredible resumes and Like the impact we're able to have on clients and then this year, the proudest moment for me has been closing that uh, commercial investment, the hotel in Chattanooga, just like penetrating through imposter syndrome and raising, raising, you know, a significant amount of money and then being able to put together and execute a business plan. That was definitely uh, something that we're all proud of.
0: Yeah, that sounds really cool. I'm interested to follow your journey on that and see the pictures of like before and after, because you mentioned you were doing renovations, right?
1: Totally. Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: That'd be awesome. So does your wife get to be involved in any of it?
1: No. So my my wife is actually probably busier than me. She actually, uh, after she graduated from Vanderbilt, she started a company um, that hired women that were transitioning out of homelessness to make and sell jewelry. And so her and her co-founder, they would melt metals, 3D print, design jewelry, and then all of it was a social enterprise. It was for profit. And the, the premise was that they would get women off the streets into uh, more permanent housing with financial and mental health services. And then um, and then they ended up partnering with celebrities or uh, I guess influencers to really market and sell the jewelry. So and, and then now she just recently transitioned from that. The business is still going, but she's a client executive at a consulting firm in Nashville. All that to say is when I get home, she's running around just the same and we really (laughs) have a time to, uh, I guess, to uh, share business practices from our respective fields.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. So you guys both have just a huge impact. I love that. Power couple.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I'm definitely trying to take notes from her, that's for sure. (laughs)
0: awesome okay so i do also want to talk a little bit more just generally about your journey from infantry officer to entrepreneur because i know that you said that you've always sort of had this desire this entrepreneurial spirit so um how did your time in service prepare you or i know you're still in the military but how do you feel like it's helped prepare you for success in real estate investment
1: yeah i love that um there's a, there's a, there's a lot for me that the military has, I guess, or the value that the military has provided. And, and obviously it's been mutually beneficial, but the the first and foremost being like 24 years old in charge of 40 grown men, you know, as an infantry platoon leader, and then, and then being told that, Hey, you're, you know, you're responsible for everything your platoon does or fails to do. And so now I'm in a position at 24 years old where I'm uh, a physical trainer, a life coach, a performance coach, um, a, a leader in combat, tactical expert, and um, and sometimes even like first male role model that these soldiers have had in their lives. So just experiencing the, the uh, or learning how to work with a group of people like that and come together and complete the mission I think is one of the biggest skills that that I'll always always have taken away from the military and and on top of that just emotional intelligence being the biggest one so understanding the backgrounds of individuals what motivates them you know what emotional um traumatic or childhood experiences they've had that have led to certain attachment styles or or habits um or or even just narratives um limiting beliefs and then working through that at the individual level to like align align the team and you know, like get the results that are important for the organization. And it, I guess in summary, that's the biggest thing. It's just the, the confidence that comes from being able to like nurture and work with any, any person to, to become aligned and, and complete the mission.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is huge. I mean, you hear so much about people with different backgrounds. I mean, you, you mentioned it just a second ago, like how it can affect the person that you become. And something that you mentioned earlier in the podcast that we never followed up on, but um, just the fact that you have a brother with Down syndrome and the community efforts that you did um, at a younger age. I mean, that's so cool, And but that shapes you into the person who you are. So you never know what life experiences people have that shape them. And so for you, not only having the um, book smarts to be able to start a business like this and make it successful, but then also having the emotional intelligence to connect with people and motivate them. thats I mean, that just shows what a good leader is and what you need to succeed.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, that's totally that's so true.
0: So, how do you balance your day job with running a business? I know you mentioned that you spend more time with your army duties. So, how do you balance that? What's that look like for you?
1: Yeah. I I I had a mentor once tell me that if if I didn't find a serious hobby outside of the army, then uh my energy would manifest itself as micromanagement. And and so I took that to heart with obviously the real estate, the real estate stuff. And, and I think it's true that I like, I have so much energy that if I were to just, just, you know, apply it all to like a nine to five, you know, platoon in the army, it would maybe be overwhelming. And so for me, just coming home from, you know, work or a lunch break or between PT and, um, you know, first formation at nine thirty, And then obviously on weekends, like I'm I'm really able to find enough time to, to work through all that stuff. And I mean, it not, not really as like a dig on Netflix, but like one of the examples I use is like people go home and like do things in their free time, whether it's go golfing or, or, you know, walking their dog or watching Netflix. And so I, I just, I just do my best to replace that time with, you know, running the business mainly because now I have to um, other, because there's people counting on me. And so I think just, being efficient with our free time like our business has really good systems and accountability measures in place that allow us to be flexible when when we complete tasks but still keeps us on track to do it each week and so I think it's just you know using using free time effectively and and there's a there's a concept called uh, like mimetic desire which is basically what you desire what the people uh, you know closest people in your life desire and so if you're you know around a bunch of people that you know, on, on Saturday night, talk about the recent Netflix show, then that's probably what you're going to think about and talk about. And so for me, it's even easier because all the people around me are either real estate business partners, my wife or other, other mastermind groups or business, business entrepreneurs. And so a lot of what we talk about is like, how to increase revenue and, mm-hmm. and uh, how to align the team and, and what a good vision looks like and all these different things. So now, like for me, I actually enjoy, you know, going home and, and working through the business and responding to emails and getting on calls and syncs because that's what the people around me are, are really excited and talking about. And so now that as a, pro, as, a as a result, like that's uh, the way I am as well. And so obviously there's been different points in my life where that hasn't been the case, but mm-hmm. right now it just seems easy because I really enjoy it and I have a lot of energy. So it, it's a healthy, productive place to apply it.
0: Um, so I have a couple of thoughts. I watched a TED talk recently, and I don't think it was a recent TED talk, just that I watched it recently. And the woman was talking about how we're so quick to say that we don't have time for things. But in reality, everyone has time for what you make time for. And so it's really just deciding what's important to you. And that's kind of what I got from what you were just saying, um, which I totally get. But I do think that it's very easy to fall into the Netflix trap or really just the trap of thinking, I had a long work day, now I'm gonna zone out and do things that I want to do. Um, You know, fill in the blank, it could be anything. So I know that you mentioned that it's kind of makes it easier for you to stay motivated because you surround yourself with like-minded people. What if someone who's listening Doesn't really have that network, but everything you're saying resonates with them, and that's what they want. Is there? Do you have any recommendations for how they can make changes to kind of make that their reality?
1: Yeah, totally. I love that. To your to your first point, one of my favorite sayings is uh, to don't prioritize what's on your schedule, but prioritize or but schedule your priorities so Mm -hmm. i love that just like the idea that you get to choose what's on your schedule and then to your second point is yeah i think the biggest thing somebody could do to get out of that maybe slump or just or just uh start getting going in a direction where they want to be going in life it it, for me and what i see it all comes down to accountability so they need to find they need to find a like-minded person um, or group of people that that are either in the direction that they want to go or are, or are at least moving in that direction. So that could either be a mentor reaching out to a mentor or, or just finding peers. And, and the best way to find like peers that are going the direction you want to go, I think for me has been in masterminds and and there's masterminds on all sorts of topics. So in the business world or professional world, you know, if you literally just Google like real estate mastermind in Nashville, there's going to be so many things that that come up and all a mastermind is, you know, for those that may not, may not have heard of it is just, a group of people that get together on a regular basis, whether on Zoom or in person, and just talk about uh, you know, uh, a certain topic like that they're all interested in. And that's the theme throughout all their meetings and just how they can work together and share ideas to keep going in that direction. And then, and then I would say the other thing is to just share, you know, for me, like sharing goals with people. And then when, when they check in and I'm like, crap, I, I actually haven't done anything. That's a good reminder to keep going. And then on our business side, It's really about really, really hyper accountability. And so every Sunday we have our like weekly meeting and we have a scoreboard and we're all assigned lead measures that we're responsible for throughout the week that are basically measurable and objective. Like how many hours I've spent this or how many emails I've sent, whatever it might be. We have a whole bunch of them based on our role and the outcomes that we're expected to to reach. And so I know when I sit down on Sunday, like what, you know, that they're either gonna be happy or disappointed with me if I haven't done anything. And uh-huh. So when I get home, home on Thursday night and I'm tired, like that's what I'm gonna think about is, all right, like when I when I put zero up on the scoreboard on Sunday, like, <laughs> what, is, what is that gonna do for the motivation and you know and like performance of our company? And so that accountability is is the most important thing. So if somebody is struggling, I think they need to find accountability, um, whether it's in probably not significant others. That's a good one. It's for some certain categories, but really just like-minded friends, peers, or mentors that are going to help keep them honest and where they want to go. Mm-hmm. And, and one, other, one other resource I just thought of, and, and I'm really big into this is, um, well, there's two. One, did, I, I have a, like a personal counselor and I, I really tell everyone like, hey, everyone should have a counselor and then the other one's a performance coach. So the counselor is like really understanding why you are the way you are, what narratives you have again, like limiting beliefs, what childhood experiences you've had that caused you to see the world in a certain way. It's like counseling or therapy is not really about like, oh, my marriage is falling apart. How can I, you know, how can I save it? For me, it's about nurturing your mind, your mindset, understanding yourself, like self-actualization to really be able to operate in the world, like to the best of your ability, because you have the, like the empowered truth of who you are and why why you think that way. And then the performance coach side is all about like, like just like that raw, raw motivation, but tailored towards your life and where you want to go. So when I get on a call with my performance coach, and I know like last week, I told them, Hey, this is what I'm, this is what I'm struggling with. This is where I want to go. This is what I'm thinking about or trying to do. And then next week when I get on the call, they say, Hey, did you do that? Then, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be a big part of it is that accountability. So those are two other resources that I think are, are really helpful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That's all good advice. What about any um, like books, blogs, podcasts, anything that you sort of keep up with, um, and maybe not even specifically to real estate, but just business ownership, entrepreneurial journey, things like that.
1: yeah, on the I guess on the real estate side, it really just be any bigger pockets podcast. At the end of each podcast, they recommend a bunch of books that each each uh, guest recommends their favorite books. So real estate, bigger pockets. Now, just entrepreneurship in general. I think one of the reasons for the success of our company to date has been the systems we use, and those come from a few books. Uh, good to great was one I mentioned, but then also we use the EOS operating system from the book traction. So I would say the book traction and then the other one being four disciplines of execution. Those are kind of on the business development side. And then on the mindset side, one of the best ones is just the rich dad, poor dad. And you start thinking into like how to operate and scale a business and why Mm -hmm. that's important. Um, But those are some books that um, have really been incredibly helpful for us.
0: Yeah, I think that's awesome. So, Jordan, I really appreciate our time today. You've been awesome. Is there anything that you want to share about what's next for you in the business?
1: Yeah, I guess for us, it's just continuing to, well, like, A, like, focus on, um, you know, for us, as we're transitioning in the Army, is just doing really well at our job. Like, we always prioritize, like, our commitment there first and, and apply all of our energy and effort there, and then, like, you know, after is okay, now what, what can we do in the real estate space? And so in the real estate space, then it's about, again, just what we talked about. We're looking to um, raise, raise some more um, money for syndications. We're, we have a couple other properties we're looking at, um, investing in on the commercial side, and then just optimizing and refining our business model on the single family side. We're just excited to do that. And then, and then who knows what, what'll come uh, once we have a ton of free time post-Army.
0: Yeah, definitely. If anyone's interested in reaching out to learn more from you, I mean, I know you've mentioned mentorship, networking, things like that. So I'm sure that you don't necessarily have a ton of time to lend to people. But if anyone wants to reach out and follow along with what you're doing, how should they do that?
1: Um, I would say the best way would just be LinkedIn. So Jordan Aisham on LinkedIn. And then otherwise, they could email me at Outlook.com.
0: Awesome. Well, I really, really appreciate you joining. Like I said, it's been great. I think I learned a lot from you. Hopefully our listeners did too, but I wish you nothing but all the success. And like I said, I'm excited to see this hotel when you're done renovating it.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited as well. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.